Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor who, from 2001 until 2004, also directed seven episodes of the teen drama Dawson's Creek, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, mm-hmm. and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. You won't regret it. Sign up to be a patron. All right, Dawson's yes. Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, that, those are fond memories. Me. Those are fond memories. Very fond memories. Yes. North Carolina was the location of the shooting of Dawson's Creek. Dawson's right? Creek. So, yeah. So here's the thing about Dawson's. I'll mm. make a very long, complicated story very short. Okay. The producer, Greg Prange, um, had produced a show in 1992 I did in Jamaica called Going to Extremes. Yes. And it's the place where I first began to shadow and learn about TV directing. Oh, you've never told me that. That happened on Going to Extremes. It happened you were on Going in Jamaica. to Extremes. Yeah, I was okay. in Jamaica. Yeah. And, I, and I said to Greg Prange, the producer, I said, I want to learn about this whole TV directing thing. Sure. Like if we're here... If this show is a hit and we're running for years here in Jamaica, I'd like to direct some of these episodes. So of he course. was great, super supportive. And the show got canceled after a year. So I never directed. Cut to 10 years later, we're finishing up uh, Voyager. Mm-hmm. And I had made, I directed a few episodes of Voyager. I had directed a couple shorts, including mm-hmm. a short called The Battery mm-hmm. that Joshua Jackson had done for me. That's right. And Josh. Josh was now on Dawson's Creek, and I knew yeah. Greg Crange was on Dawson's Creek. Mm. So I sent my Greg short was the film. showrunner. Greg was the showrunner. Like he was like my job, like okay, okay. The producing director, yeah. executive producer yeah. on location, kind of yeah. running the show on location. Yeah. And Greg, you uh, sent your reel sent, to him, right? I sent my short film, just the mm-hmm. battery, uh, with Josh Jackson. I said, "Hey, I thought you'd be interested because." You know, Josh is on Dawson's Creek with you yeah. and he did my short and I'm directing yeah. and you got me started. Thanks so much. And he wrote me back or called me back and he's like, yeah. this is so good and you would be perfect. Like, I can't believe how far you've come since 1992 <sighs> when I first met you and you've directed some shows. We'd love to have you do an episode. Come do an oh. episode. So it was just it was like full circle. How did you feel when he told you, when you read that, that I it want was, you to come in and direct one of our episodes? What it was just the, felt like the, the perfect fit. Like I'm yeah. coming full circle back to Greg Prange, who got me started. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh Jackson is there. And Josh yeah. did my short for free, shot for five days for free. Right. And was such a great guy. So it, And it was in North Carolina where I was born and where yes. my family was. My father lived 45 minutes from Wilmington. Everything about it was perfect. So I went, it went great. They invited me to do a bunch more episodes the last two seasons. I, uh, I guess I did seven. That's what you said, right? Yeah. And I was there a lot. It was great. It was just, it was perfect. My family, you know, my grandmother, yeah. my could come, my dad, could. he was an extra in a few episodes. It was just, it was awesome. I loved doing that show. You know how you said you were, you felt more comfortable in sacred ground than on your second episode that you directed. Yeah. Remember that? Okay. Yeah. So your first episode of Dawson's Creek, were you even more comfortable than when you were directing Sacred Ground? You were yes. even more yes. so. 
Yeah. Okay. So that would probably, that first episode of Dawson's was probably your most relaxed and least nervous of all the new shows that you had directed. It was one of my, yeah, I just, I I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I was very comfortable around there with Greg and everybody. Greg was there. Josh was there. Yeah. They wanted you there. You didn't really have to do a song and dance to pitch them. They saw your battery and they were like, Hey, let's have, let's have them here. So yeah. Gosh, I wish I would have been there to, to come. It was fun. You. Yeah. It was City, a fun. It was you a were great, in Raleigh? Wilming, you, Wilmington, Wilmington North, excuse me. Wilmington. Right on the beach in Wilmington. Beautiful beach. Um, mm. Yeah, it was great. Good times. Okay. Good All right. times. All right. So let's talk about uh, this episode, Imperfection. Okay. That's the name of it. So let's go watch this episode. Let's and we'll be right it. back. Yeah, with our recap and discussion of uh, Imperfection. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. All right, we're back from watching Imperfection. Yes, we are. We I are was back. right about the director, but then again, that's the odds on favorite anyway. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. David Livingston mm-hmm. directed. Um, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb yes. and jump right into this. I don't think this was David's best directing. I don't think this was Voyager's best episode. <laughs> this is definitely not one of my favorite episodes. Wow. No, not even close. Like this is a, I don't well, know. You know we'll, we'll get into it. Let's we'll get, into, get into, we'll into, into, into the body it, of it because I do, I'm, I'm on the opposite camp now. What? I'm not saying this is one of the best, but I'm definitely not saying this is where you're at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not oh I was just like, this sounds no, like your rating is no. going to be like a sixer or maybe less than six. So we'll I, see. Yeah, we'll see. But okay. Let's start off with our poetry synopsis. Let's, let's just, do. you know, let's, let's keep an open mind right now. Yeah, and let's stay let's, creative let's and artistic yeah, and, and, positive. and positive. Let's not, yeah, let's not okay. be negative. Okay. Let's, let's start off with a positive thing. Although, okay. Cause there, you know, you, you, you will know, or you do agree with me. Yeah. There are going to be fans out there that this is their favorite app. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Well, so right look, off the bat, I, don't I am want them the thinking, one who starred yeah. in Threshold. <laughs> yeah, but the Threshold's not again. <laughs> everybody makes fun of and says it's, like. It's, it's only the ending that is weird. Nothing else is messed up so with that. It's have, a good episode. So don't. don't I respect. Don't knock yourself that, for that. That people hate it, but I also <laughs> respectfully disagree. Okay, fine. On this particular episode, Imperfection, yeah. there probably are people who love it. Yes. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> okay. This fine. is not my All right. favorite. Okay. Here here's we go. My, here's my Art. haiku. Art. Here's my haiku for imperfection. Okay. Seven cannot sleep. Hmm. Cortical node malfunction. Echeb donates node. Now I have an alternate ending. So yes. let me read this one. Seven cannot sleep. Mm-hmm. Cortical node malfunction. Doctor yells a lot. <laughs> That's my. He doesn't uh, yell as, as much as other episodes. <laughs> but there's multiple. No, you're right. Yeah. He doesn't yell as high. The volume yeah. is not as great as some of the other ones. But yes. there's multiple scenes where he yells. So that together becomes okay. the doctor yells okay. a lot because okay. he does. He yells he does. with Janeway. He yells with Seven. He yells with each. He yells at everybody. It's almost as if this is the episode where he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. In my yeah, opinion. and it's to like, defend him, yes, I think this is an episode. If I were not familiar with Star Trek and tuned in to an Echeb Seven 
scene, for example, yeah, of two Borg emotionless, bland <laughs> performances, yeah, I would flip the channel because I would now if I turned <laughs> into a scene where the doctor's yelling, I'd be like, oh, there's some drama going on. So I appreciate uh, the doctor trying to bring some emotion to this. Uh, no, this okay. episode. So if I was a person who'd never seen Star Trek before and I turned on this episode, yes. I would think the doctor is human and not a program. That's my answer to that. So I because yeah. it just he's way too emotional in this one. And it's just like, what is happening? Yeah. But you know, you're arguing the other way. I was that begging for some emotion. You wanted emotion because okay. I felt like this All was right. well, maybe he adds maybe oddly it's necessary. lacking in emotion, even though this is the episode where seven creates tears more than once. But <laughs> I didn't feel it. It didn't do anything for me. Anyway, okay, Robbie, just give, give me give me that here we moment, go. Right? go. Come on, limerick time. <laughs> The Borg kids left and Seven made a tear. But there seems to be a problem with her Borg gear. Seven's life is at stake. Plans to save her end in heartbreak. But Echeb saves her life as a donor volunteer. Nice. See, that's a that's yeah. a nice, positive, well done. Yes, it it's the end of my positivity. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's, let's, let's just jump right into talk, this. Let's talk about the, okay. uh, the writers first. Yes. We've go. got Teleplay by Charlton Eastlake. Charlton it, Eastlake? That sounds, what? that sounds like Thurston Howell's cousin. Yeah. Thurston yeah. Howell from you know Gilligan's Island. He sounds like a society well-to-do. Yes. Teleplay uh, by Carlton Eastlake and Bob Doherty. Robert Doherty. Yeah, we love um, Robert Doherty. At least I love Robert Doherty. Yes, agreed. Um, Carlton Eastlake, since he's never written on or since on our show, I'm going to tell you his first writing job was on the TV series The Equalizer. Ooh! In the late 1980s, 85 to 89, starring Edward Woodward, the original Equalizer. I remember the show. I remember it, too, because it was one of... Back in the 80s, there wasn't much TV in New York City when I lived there. That was Carlton Eastlake's first uh, writing job. Wow. Bob Doherty, we've talked about. Andre yeah. Bermanis came up yeah. with this story. Andre, that's our <clears> science <throat> consultant. And I do remember yes. when I received this script, I saw that, you know, that he was credited with the story. And I thought, whoa, mm -hmm. good for him. Yeah. Because really, he's the guy that the writers call up and say, "Yeah, so in this line of techno babble, does this make sense? Is yeah. it you know?" He was the science even... guy. Yeah, he, he just kind of... made sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's a consultant. Yeah, right. So good for him. Good for mm -hmm. uh, um, guest stars. Guest stars. We have Manu back. Manu mm -hmm. as Ichab. We have yeah. Marley McLean as Mazzotti saying yeah. her goodbyes, which was very sad. Very sad. Um, we have uh, Debbie Gratton. Who's playing the Wysanti uh, mom that's taking the twins, Kurt and Cody, Wetherill, Azon and Rebbe, yeah. taking the twins and Mazzotti uh, uh, off the ship. Debbie Gratton, her yeah. first job was in 1997, a movie called, a TV movie called Crowned and Dangerous. What? Yeah. <laughs> Crowned, Crowned and, and Dangerous? I think it was some kind of royal family or royal thing. I don't know. I have no idea. Crowned okay. and dangerous. Um, we also have one other guest star, Michael McFall, playing the salvage alien, who I thought the salvage aliens were like Kazon, but we'll get well, there. Well, yeah, well, the lead guy is Kazon with yeah. a haircut. 
And then the guys behind him, one of them didn't look very Kazon. It looked like he was completely bald, like a different alien, maybe. I don't know. Michael McFall's the actor playing yeah. that alien. It's uh, one scene. Yeah. He made his acting debut in 1989 in the action film Defector, Karate oh. Kickboxer. Oh, right on. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's our guest stars. Cool. Let's get into it. All right. Captain's log. Yeah. 54129.4. It's a bittersweet day for the crew of the USS Voyager. We found a home for some of our most precious cargo. Exterior space shot, a very cool looking alien ship. Yeah. Next to Voyager. Yeah. And then at the end of that captain's log, we are now in the transporter room. Yep. Seven J and we and each have are there to say goodbye mm-hmm. to the board kids. Why are just those people there to say goodbye? Why, why isn't everyone there to say goodbye to these board I kids? Know. I mean, I think all the main players should have been there. And um, but essentially, I, I was confused right off the bat because in this goodbye, I thought Mazzotti says, on Mazzotti, it's customary not to say goodbye, but I think I prefer the human way. I thought she, that she was referring to the planet that Rezi and Aban was from, Azan was from, was the same name as her first name. But then but as I- She said Wysanti. Right? Well, I had to do Wysanti. the I had to do the, the, the English subtitles the old... to, to be able to see what the heck you know, was uh, said. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't hear Wysanti. I heard Mazzotti. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. The planet is Mazzotti, but no, it's Mazzotti. Okay. So it's a goodbye to the the kids. It is a goodbye. Mazzotti wants to do the human goodbye, Mm -hmm. which is a hug. And there's a sweet moment. There is. Very sweet moment of a hug that lasts a little extra long. Mm. And then as they beam out, Janeway puts her arm around seven. Um, So my first thought was like, oh, yeah, in the last episode seven that we saw. Yeah. By the way, the last episode we saw was not the episode that shot before this. This episode was aired out of order. Oh. I found out, but we'll get to that. Okay. Anyway, the last episode we saw was Seven in the virtual world learning that she had romantic feeling for someone. So she's really getting in touch with her humanity, right? That was... Correct. That was Unimatrix Zero Part Two. Yes. So now she is saying goodbye and Janeway is putting her arm around her. And I was thinking, oh, she's getting more in touch with her feelings. She's going to have feelings, which we go out in the hall. Yeah. And she's got a tear. There's a walk and talk with Seven and Echeb. Yeah. It starts off with Seven saying she wants to break down the extra alcoves. Echeb thinks it's a little too quick. You know, it's too soon for that. Um, And she says, well, you know, you're just having an emotional reaction to the fact that they're leaving, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Echeb sees a single tear drop. What side of the face was that? I think it was her left side of her face. It just kind of came down. And he's like, you're you're crying. And Seven says, oh, no, 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 no. No, that's just my ocular implant. It's malfunctioning. And I thought Trust she was me. covering. She was lying because she was oh. having feelings. I thought, oh, I that, thought is that in what that you moment, felt? Oh, no. I was like, yeah. well, she just came off of this episode where she had feelings in Unimatrix. Yeah. She doesn't even know what feelings feel like yet. So oh, she's having, that okay. was where I went. But we I go to go sick bay. I believe her. We yeah. go to sick bay. Doctors explaining, you know, crying yeah. is normal. And he talks right. about when he saw Pacini's Tosca. Cried for the first time, and and uh, yeah, and and then he admits, well, yes, Torres enhanced my subroutine so I could cry and have feelings. And right, Seven says, well, that uh, you may have had feelings, but I did not have any feelings. Like there's a glitch in my cortical implants because right. I wasn't feeling. She said, she no, well, she didn't. She didn't say she wasn't feeling anything. She said, I had my my emotions under control. Is what yeah, she said. Totally control. So, under so control. I was in, under control. Yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the doctor uh, looks a little deeper, and he does find yes, 
you're right, actually. There is a glitch in your cortical implants. Correct. And I found this scene to be odd. This whole scene was a wonder. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. Which required the doctor to sort of move around from the cart and randomly move around behind her. And it, it looked awkward, didn't it? He was talking to the back of her head for half the scene. I'm like, yeah, nobody would do this, but yeah. obviously, and there's a number of these shots in this episode where I was like, I didn't know if David was trying to make his days to, you know, to okay. lose his I, reputation that he takes too long. Cause there were a lot of oneers that I, I may have, could have, could have I used may, some coverage. I agree with you. And I may have the answer to that. There was a time and it was very, it was late in our filming schedule. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I'm guessing it was season seven when he was directing and he was deathly ill. And I mm. remember when I went up to say hi to him to shake his hand, he's, oh, no, 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 don't touch me. Don't touch me. I'm so sick. I'm really sick, Garrett. Just don't, you know, don't, you know, back up, mm. back up. So I feel like maybe if he was that under the weather, yeah, he was like, look, I don't have time to, I, let me just get I just want to go this episode. Home. I need to go home right now. Because he, he looked like he felt. had, yeah, like he was on his deathbed, but he was still there because he had to, he had to direct, you know, he couldn't call in sick. I will that. admit that's how this episode felt a little bit. Okay. And I, I don't okay. know. It seemed out of character. The yeah, direction, for what we're used to. For what we're used from to him. with David. Yeah. This one seemed different okay. in yeah. some significant way. And yeah. this was one of those scenes where... Yeah. I was like, oh, we're it's all one shot. And the doctor's moving around behind her, talking to the back of her head, and she's mm -hmm. not looking behind her, and mm -hmm. it just seemed strange. Yeah. Seems strange. Anyway, yeah. they talk about her cortical implants, this glitch. She says, Yes, she has had some headaches. Yeah. And the doctor says, Well, I'll make a report. I'll tell the captain and put that in the report. And she goes, No, no, no. Yeah. Don't tell the captain anything. Yeah. I want to keep this confidential. And he says, Okay, all right. I won't say anything. Doctor patient confidentiality. Mm -hmm. That's what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a flyby. Flyby. A Voyager. You know we what? Are these flybys basically <laughs> they're only inserted when they're they're trying to figure out how much time they need for the, to make the episode exactly it. And they'll throw in like well, it's okay, funny. It's funny you bring that flybys. up. Is that how it works? Because well, it's a transition for one thing it, to go from yeah. one place to another. Yeah. But it's funny you say that because when David does all these wonders where mm -hmm. there's no coverage, it doesn't allow them editorially to add time or take away time. So if the episode was a little short, they, they may it. have added some of these flybys because yeah. there's a lot of them in this episode. There's excessive flybys in this episode. So yeah. we are slowly um, coming to, we're like sleuths right now, you know, we're, yes. we're we're figuring, figuring out, out everything, the, yes. what was going on here. What happened? Yes. Okay. Um, um, Astrometrics Lab. Echeb mm -hmm. is looking at the screen, and I I had to freeze it to see what the heck was on there. And I at the very top you can read or you can make out Starfleet Academy, so you mm -hmm. see that much. So he's looking at this. We're not sure what it is. Seven shows up, and he quickly hides the screen. Mm -hmm. And Echeb um, makes this announcement. He says he wants to work on the bridge. And Seven's like, mm -hmm. well, you don't have the training for that. He's like, no, that's that's fine. I, I would like to take the entrance exam for Starfleet Academy. Yes. And I would like to maybe be trained by Tuvok since he was an instructor at the Academy. So he has this grandiose plan for mm -hmm. himself. Very ambitious. And Seven even acknowledges that in a prideful way. And, and she's, you know, she's like, wow, very ambitious of you. And he needs a letter of recommendation from Captain Janeway. So Seven says she will speak to Janeway about this. But right about this time, some weird thing happens with her hand. 
where it, it bubbles starts, up. Yeah, it bubbles. It looks like mm-hmm. something's going on. Like something There's skins like the camera. Again, yeah. a wonder. Echep's behind mm-hmm. her. She's yep. in the foreground. Yep. It tilts down to her hand for a second, yep. comes up. So there's no edits yep. here. There's no, no cut to her no. looking at her hand, Correct. push in on the hand. Yeah. You know, there's none Nothing of that like coverage. That. Uh-huh. No. Mm-mm. But she hides her bubbly yeah. hand and, and heads She dismisses cargo herself. Bay. Yeah. yeah. She gets out of there. Yep. Doesn't tell Echep. So she's no. hiding, hiding some stuff. Already off the bat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to Cargo Bay and there's a crane shot looking from like the side of cargo bay where the door is yes and she walks in underneath and then the camera sort of follows her as she gets in her alcove and pushes right. in on her face yeah i just want to make a comment here go ahead that usually when a character is entering a, a shot you, you the rule is typically mm. that you want the actor to be um, coming closer that you want to see their face and you want them Mm. coming toward you. Action coming toward you is Mm -hmm. more typical Mm -hmm. action underneath and chasing or following going away from you is not as typical. Right. And I notice a few times in this episode, David was behind the actors as they walked away. And I just, I don't know why, he made that choice because it's unusual. And he didn't yeah. just make it once. He made it three or four or five times. Right. Again, so. I think he was deathly ill and he had to go home. Suppose maybe, that. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. But that crane shot is unusual. She's walking mm-hmm. away from us. So we don't see her face. We don't get any emotion or right. storytelling on her, on her face. Not a thing. But she goes in and then turns around and now we see her face and she tells the computer to activate or uh, to regenerate, activate the regeneration. And the computer right. says, you're no, you're no longer compatible. Yes. With, Interface with is this. not compatible. Yeah. Not so she compatible. thinks, she thinks it's malfunctioning the alcove mm-hmm. itself. So she runs a diagnostic on the alcove and it comes back absolutely fine. There's no issues with the alcove. It mm-hmm. is actually her cortical node, which mm-hmm. is malfunctioning, which is mm-hmm. a huge deal if you're a Borg, because that's the kind of the end of the line. If your cortical node goes out, you're yeah. done. So yeah. um, the next shot is in the mess hall. Mm-hmm. Seven is alone and she has what looks like glasses or empty glasses of um, milk. And so immediately you're thinking it's a white liquid so you're thinking it's possibly milk yeah you know you don't know that shake. until it really i, I felt did. like she couldn't sleep so she was drinking warm milk you know the the oh. old western way of trying to fall asleep um i thought that's what she no. was doing yeah yeah and because we don't learn it's a supplement until later when neelix arrives yeah. and he asks her what's all that and she says oh nutritional supplements and he says you know what <laughs> i'll make you a talaxian omelet that's yes. what you need a talaxian omelet and right when that happens she hits the deck. I mean, she's on the ground and she's not moving. He runs over to her. Uh, she starts having a seizure. And this is my issue. I feel like, yes, you can pass out and you can your eyes are closed. But once you have the seizure, it would have been more effective if her eyes sprung open and she started having the seizure. Because they were closed and it kind of pulled me out. It looked strange. Yeah, her seizure was not i don't know it was weird also yeah. when she she says he offers the omelet and she says no no no, i'm fine i'm gonna yeah. go back to to uh yeah cargo bay or something and she starts yeah. walking and i heard these squishy sounds did you hear them no it was like oh, as no. she walked that's what stopped her and then she falls down to the ground now i guess the squishy sounds were the nanoprobes breaking Doing through stuff? her skin oh i didn't even catch that okay. but the squishy sounds were so <laughs> They were just so gross. It was like, what are those squishy sounds? I had to go oh. back and re-listen to it. It was yeah. ew. It was just ew. It and, was I, ew. and again, 
if I am correct to that in my assumption that this was the episode where Livingston was deathly ill, that would also kind of explain why this blocking wasn't really refined, you know, in terms of how she's going to have this seizure. Cause it just looked, it looked ludicrous. It didn't really look, it just bothered me. It pulled me out, but that's on the, that's on the director though. Am I right? I mean, if you're, if you're watching yeah. this, you'd be like, Hey, let's try this. You know, let's I didn't buy this. the convulsions. I didn't buy the squishy sound was gross. I don't know all of it, but she's, okay. she's in trouble and the yeah. nanoprobes break through her skin right. by her cheek and on her hand. She's yeah. got some Neelix looks at, so he calls sick bay mm-hmm. uh, medical emergency. We go into sick bay. She's got more of these nanoprobes breaking through her skin now. Yeah. Um, her body is rejecting her implants. Implants. They're, they're all starting to shut down. And so. the doctor says there's a glitch in her cortical node. Uh, it's destabilizing. And while he's going through all this doctory stuff, I kept watching Kate because. Oh, me too. Kate I, I, was oh, so I would give, funny. I would give so much money to know everything that she was thinking about. Thinking. At one point, yeah, I was thinking, she was, to me, she was thinking, Am I supposed to pick up my sons later today? I mean, I, I had, I was thinking that she was thinking about errands at one point. I don't know what she point. was thinking She was all of, over the place. Funny. And then, and then she starts funny. fidgeting with her nails. She never does this on yeah. the show. She starts doing that. And it's almost as if, it's almost as if she didn't know that the camera was on her. Like she thought maybe it was a one-er on Bob and not a two-shot because you got to agree with me. She's, I'm not she sure what so, she was thinking, but she had not, some secret she, thoughts that were making not, her behave funny. And I, she, I thought it was funny. She, it made me laugh. I had to watch it a couple of times. Yeah, I did too. I, I was glued on her, transfixed. <laughs> but it honestly looked like she thought, was waiting for her coverage and that she was there just to give lines for Bob and for Jerry. And I, I, and <laughs> I don't know if what I didn't like about this episode was the story, the writing yeah. or combination of performances or the direction. Yeah. It was kind of all of the above. Okay. But the whole idea that we'll get to later where the captain has this emotional investment in seven that is above and beyond any other character, yeah. but yet it didn't seem consistent. Like in this scene, she seemed to be trying to avoid this she, moment. And she seemed quite distracted. Distracted and, and almost like playing it a little light comedy yeah. in some moments. <laughs> yeah. It just, it didn't track for me no. that that the story we're ultimately going to tell is Janeway's yeah. willing to like fly by herself into a book. It just didn't, none of it made sense. To okay. Me. Okay. okay, but anyway. I, again, I know you. I know your criticisms. You, you started them from the very first breath that came out of your mouth. But I'm going to say right now, Boy, if you're babe. to erase all of those, if if everyone was to have acted the best to their best ability, if Janeway was engaged in that scene and she was not distracted, if everything fell, all the chips fell correctly, I think you would have rated this. You would have felt this was a good episode. I do believe that. You know, I, I feel. I like, think there's a version of this episode that could could have gotten a higher rating. Thank from you. Me, That's all I want to hear. That's all I want. That's all I want. But. Okay. Still, I wouldn't be a high rating. Okay. But anyway, right. Seven says, uh, you know, that her Borg implants are being rejected one by one. But she says that that her parts will adapt. Like the doctor has, you know, made yeah. adaptations before. She'll just adapt. Right. And doctor says, I don't think I can do it this time. Yeah. Not this time. Yeah. This is your cortical node. It's it's uh, not going to work. And and so Janeway ends up sending the doctor away. Yeah, because she wants to talk her- to her alone. Privately, yeah. Uh, she says, "What would the Borg have done mm-hmm. if this was happening in the cl- when you were in the collective?" And she said, "Well, they would just replace the note." 
Yeah, it's, um, it's too complex to fix, uh, to fix the yeah. node. Exactly. And that gives Janeway an idea. You see a little light bulb pop on in her head. Bing! Yep. Yep. And we're back on the bridge. Janeway uh-huh. asks Harry. Now, here we go. This is the only scene that Harry Kim is in, I think, in the entire really? episode. Yes. So I felt like this was the episode where I got so much time off. I was able to go to Vegas early. So I was happy, probably. So um, Did you notice, by the way? Yeah. I noticed. So this is an early episode in season seven, which meant we were shooting probably in July ish mm. everybody looked tan to me like you oh. can see that it's summer bob wow. had color he had a tan wow. jerry had a little more color wow it, i did notice people there was summer going on during look this. At this robbie yeah. you are a super sleuth when it comes to this episode yeah. look at all these little things you've caught i did not hear the squishy sounds i didn't yeah. notice didn't some see people the being more tan no yeah. good for you i also uh, liked in the scene when she comes in yeah she asks uh, Harry to look for the Borg debris, debris field, field. That they we passed. passed six or seven days ago. Yeah. So yeah. Harry says, yes, ma'am. Like Tom, <laughs> I loved your yes, ma'am. You, I finally, <laughs> finally, Tom is wearing <laughs> off on everybody. So it yes, had ma'am. shades of Tom Paris in yes, that it delivery, did. didn't it? Didn't also, it? Well, Chakotay, I... Chakotay turns around and says, hey, uh, it's, it's not uh, normal that we're looking for the Borg. He goes, what's up? And yeah. I was like, Chicote goes, what's up? <laughs> like, are we in the 1970s sitcom? I'm fine what with is it. happening? I wanted more colloquial dialogue. What's up? So I'm okay. I want, I'm hey. good with that. Hey, what's K- up? Catherine, what's up? I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Uh, she tells You're him funny. she wants to find this replacement part for seven. And She's going to do this on her own. She's going to okay. do it on her Which own. Which is hilarious. Tuvok's like, the Borg return. To salvage damaged cubes, like the Borg could show yeah, they'll up. They'll make there. a trip back there. They they need be yeah. And she says, "Well, I'm going to take the flyer, the Delta flyer alone." Now pause, pause for a minute. Yes. In Unimatrix Zero Part <laughs> One, we know the Delta flyer is destroyed. I know. So now here's where I went. Something's up. So I did oh, a little research. Yeah. This episode was not filmed till after the next two episodes, but they moved it up okay. in the airing order. Okay. So sometime in the next two episodes, Tom's going to fix the Delta flyer. Right. It got fixed too quickly, basically. Right. Is they didn't even saying. talk about it because yeah. it was supposed to, this episode should have aired after the next two when we right. do talk about it. Right. But because they moved the order up, the other thing I found out that happens, spoiler alert, yeah. Is that Tom and Balana get married. And you will see later on in an insert in the surgery scene when Tom is helping that Tom has a wedding ring on. Whoa. So this episode is way oh, out of order. So out of order. But because and, you jump up and say, well, the Delta Flyer was blown to bits last time you took it, it made sense for the audience. They didn't think it twice. Didn't about it didn't for me. It didn't for me. I was like, what? No, he's got to fix it. That's a whole beat that we skipped, which Man. will happen in the next couple episodes. So will a wedding, I guess, yeah. because Tom had a wedding ring on. You are so, Sherlock Holmes today. Here's the other thing that bugged me about this. I have a feeling, I don't know what the next two episodes are, but I have a feeling that the network or whoever said, okay, we're back in season seven. We had a big Borg episode of the Borg Queen and... 
And seven of nine is a big seller for us. Let's move that seven episode up a couple uh-huh. so that we start season seven with a couple strong Borg episodes in a row. Maybe. And they just purely did it because it's a seven episode. They didn't care that the Delta Flyer was destroyed. They didn't care that we're skipping a wedding. They didn't care. They're wow. just like, put the Borg up earlier because that's more important than these other character stories. And that bugged me that they were willing to throw all that continuity out just to move up some, you know, thinking, thinking that, well, if it's Borg, it must be a good episode because this is not a good episode. It's not. Okay. So do you think there's no possible way that you could have possibly left your own wedding ring on and filmed that way by mistake for an insert? They would have caught it. (laughs) No, fine. (laughs) You're like, no, No. that never would have happened. No. Wow. Barana right, and Tom let's... have to get married okay, in fine. the next couple episodes. Fine. And they just flipped episodes and didn't right care. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bad, bad, bad choices. Um, this is going to be the lowest rating you've given anything. Isn't it? Maybe. Oh, my gosh. Um, All right. We're on the uh, we're on. Uh, we're in the hallway. So, t- uh, yeah, so yeah, Tom so... and Tuvok and Chakotay are like, you can't go by yourself. So he goes, right. Okay. You guys are with me. We go out to Come the along. hall. Yes. Tuvok and Tom are heading to the shuttle. Echeb stops her. Hey, Captain, can yeah. I talk to you? Yeah. Did you make a decision on my request to join Starfleet Academy? Yeah. And take the exams? And she's like, you know Jamie's what? Clueless. She, she didn't even know. I, she's like, well, I don't even know what yeah. you're talking about, but yeah. Seven is not well and we've got to take care of her. Yeah. And she fills him in. Her yeah. cortical node is failing and being rejected. And, and he knows right off the bat. He's like, she's going to die. He's going to die right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he has expertise with Borg technology. He wants to go with Janeway on this away mission. And Janeway nope. says, no way. Nope. No. Okay. So then they head off. We cut to the hallway. Echeb's walking in. To sickbay. Yes. And again, camera's following the actor. Ah, in front yes. of the actor. Yes, yes, yes. He goes into sickbay. Yeah, she, she, she's there. Yeah. She starts getting angry with him. She's yeah, like, that's right. That's right. She starts She starts having this angry, um, emotional. It's like, what are you doing outburst. here? You shouldn't yeah. be here. Go back yeah. to Astrometrics. Get mm-hmm. out of here. The doctor says, hey, Egypt, uh, come on in here with me. Yes. Step in my office. Yeah. So Echeb yeah. goes in and he says, look, she's angry. It's natural when you've got a diagnosis like this. And of right. course it is. Well, of he thinks she's angry at him. And so he says, yeah. she's not angry at you. She's yeah. just angry. She's just angry. She's yeah. got to deal with this in her own way yeah. yeah. and give her time. And he says, when she's ready, you'll be the first call I make. I'll call you Echeb and let you know. Yeah. Next, we're out in space. The Delta Flyer has a cool shot flying into this Borg debris, which was very cool. I thought uh, it felt very 3D, like the way yeah, the camera moved. It was a good shot. But again, the Delta Flyer was destroyed last episode. How did right. this happen? I it got don't built know. so quickly. It was clearly yeah. a very fast rebuild. Tuvok has located a section that contains the bodies of 37 drones. They die from an explosion, so most of the bodies are not intact, but there's a few that are. Tuvok says, approximately 37 bodies of drones. Paris yes. goes, well, that doesn't sound approximate to me. <laughs> you just named 37. <laughs> it was an odd line from Paris. It was supposed to be, I guess, comedic or sarcastic. I just don't know how you deliver that joke any less awkwardly. It wasn't as funny. It was not. It just it, didn't sound like something that would have come out of Paris's mouth. It was odd sarcasm. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Well, yes. Janeway does want Tom Paris to run continuous scans for any mm-hmm. Borg vessels that end up, you know, showing up unannounced to the salvage area. Yeah. And Tuvok and Janeway beam to the debris. Yep. They head to the back. We don't see them beam because we right, see. That's right. They go the, to the back, the Borg, then they beam. On right? the Borg ship. Suddenly they appear. Janeway mm-hmm. and Tuvok are searching for these dead drones. It was cool yeah. shots, actually. Yeah. This felt like classic David Livingston, this uh, walk down the, yeah. down the hallway. They do yep. find one under some debris, mm-hmm. um, no apparent damage to the cortical yep. node. So yep. Janeway starts to do a little autopsy surgery. I made a note that is not Kate's hands in the inserts. Yeah. Uh, it was someone else's. Yeah. Um, but she extracts this glowing node, which was kind of cool. And then Paris calls and says, hey, you've got company. And they tr- they ask to get beamed out. Paris doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. Hmm scary three aliens show up i wrote three question mark yeah three humanoids beam in claiming i don't the debris field belongs to them but are they kazons well the first guy was i told i felt like he was kazon with i feel like we've left the kazon like a few hundred light years back how are the kazons still here (laughs) like we they've been long gone this this kazon traveled far west like this is the one that made it out to california you know, okay, He's this the is the this is the okay. Donner Party survivor, basically. It was so. weird to see Kazon again and not really identify them as Kazon. It was just strange. But anyway, yeah, bad guys show up. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is our debris field. Yeah. This is our salvage. Yep. Um, he says this is his. She gra- he grabs. Uh, she grabs him in a weird way. Well, he shoves her out of the way to go reach for something, and then she grabs him and puts him in puts a headlock. The, yeah, yeah, like the laser scalpel to his neck. Yeah. And uh, that's when he kind of throws her back. We have a little bit quick fight here. A scuffle ensues. A scuffle. I felt like it was all done a little slow motion, like not literally <laughs> slow motion, but like the acting of this. All yeah. of these beats were like slowly pulling my rifle up. Yeah. Nobody was going very fast. No, I don't know. It, it was not, uh, it not was a like great a, acting. It scene. was like a choreographed fight in yeah. slow mo. Is what it yeah, was. It was not great. Um, but they are beamed out. Tuvok is injured, second. by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say they're beamed out, but not before Tuvok is shot. He gets and he shot. Falls back. Yeah. But the beam out, it doesn't really include their equipment, but yet they do show up with one box and one phaser rifle. So it was kind of like, um, mm-hmm. I don't I didn't understand what was happening. It was sloppy. sloppy. Yes, agreed. We're in the cockpit back at the yes. Delta Flyer. There's a cool ship of the alien ship firing at the Delta Flyer with Tom Paris in the foreground. The angle is, is from behind Tom, and we see that nice visual right there. That nice like that. moon roof. Yeah, basically a space chase yes. uh, with Paris looking through the moon yes. roof. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think he did a nice yes. design on the Delta this is, good, this is the visibility. That, yeah, this is the episode where Elon Musk was watching this episode and he thought, mm-hmm. you know what? When I design my Tesla, I'm going to put a glass moon roof. roof. Like it's yeah. just going to go just like Tom Paris's Delta Flyer. And that's, you know, I think yeah. he owes you royalties on that. Well, Tom's Tom's flying away here. Big space chase going on. Yeah. They beam back in and he says to Janeway, I need you a tactical. Oh, yes. And she responds, she, I, okay. sir. Here, can I say this? You say, yes. you say, I need you a tactical. When I bring us around, target their engine core. And Janeway goes, I, sir. It was almost like she enjoyed it. It was weird. Yeah. It was like, whoa, look at that. I feel like in this moment, I was like, wait, did I get, pro- I just got promoted to lieutenant last episode. Yeah, and Maybe now you're I, an admiral. I'm, a, I'm an admiral all of a sudden. 
It's, so that's what I take away from this. Yeah. Or First. the takeaway is you're the only you're the only person of lieutenant rank to actually order a captain to do something. Yeah. And she does it. She fires and disables their ship. And you say, and good nice, shot. Yeah. Nice, nice shot. shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're breaking off pursuit. So there you go. Mm-hmm. The little little Janeway Paris magic there. Yeah. Connection there. There's a little shipping a little going something. on there. Little little something. Maybe. Yeah, PJ. Oh, pajamas. Mm-hmm. Paris Janeway, pajamas. So, okay. Uh, we're now in sick bay. But a sick bay. The doctor's in his office. Mm-hmm. Right? He noticed Seven is tinkering at a console, doing some work. He walks well, he's, over. He's there. He hears the beeping. He looks behind him and she's yeah. like, beep, 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 beep. And yeah. he like turns he kinda, back and rolls his eyes. He does an eye roll. And a <laughs> sigh. The doctor really, has a, he's like, it's like, oh. <laughs> Such an advanced program. I roll, size, everything. He walks over and he asks, what are you doing? She says, mm-hmm. oh, I'm implementing a new filing system since the old one was inefficient. So she's actually, she's doing spring cleaning. is what yeah. she's doing. And she's dying. But Busy I work. feel like, Busy yeah, work. but she wants to do that. So she's not thinking about the death is what it is. I understand. And he tells her, you, you know, you should be in bed. Neelix yeah. shows up, flowers, Tadiscot mm-hmm. board. Doctor says, you know what? She just wants to be alone. And then- were they doing some type of thing where they're trying to get her to get it was out like of a her vaudeville shit. bit? Yes. It was. Because yes. the doctor goes, Oh, yeah, you uh don't, you know, you shouldn't play her now while she's sick because yeah. it's that's an unfair advantage or whatever. Unfair yeah. advantage, you'll just mm. beat her so easily. Right. And then, of course, get that gets to her ego. Yeah. They turn yeah. he doctor turns to walk them out yeah. and they're walking towards the door, and she says, Green. Green. Yeah. And they stop and they both start walking back together. Yeah. Vaudeville it like, style. It was a vaudeville act. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, the the unison walking, the vaudeville timing was great. Um, yeah. She says, green, I prefer the green pieces. You'll play yeah. with red. So yeah. it, it worked. Yeah. And then Janeway calls and uh, says she's got this cortical note. And another flyby to fill time here. <laughs> we come back. To what looks like sick bay and a surgery table. Yeah. Seven's um, on the clamshell bed. The new node yeah. is uh, is being um, put into her cortical, and it's and it's node. like a, a round hole on her forehead. Uh, and I I was confused because when we were guessing about the about the the synopsis of this episode in mm-hmm. the you know the intro for our Patreon patrons. I didn't realize because I was saying, well, is is he going to give her his liver or is he going to give her one of her, his cortical, his implant or is that, but cortical node is not the implant, the ocular or any of the other implants. It's, it's, it's like the brain. Their, it's yeah, it's in their head. So I, I, well, this surgery moment. to me felt yeah. like, so Tom is there assisting, they're doing yes. this cortical node replacement. It felt mm-hmm. like a heart transplant. Yes. It felt just like a yeah. metaphor for a heart transplant there, sure. sure. you know, because he talks about when he's doing this, you know, transfer her cortical functioned, you know, offline yeah. or something. When I, I've directed heart transplant scenes, and so I know a little about that. When a heart <laughs> transplant happens, nice. you the, the patient goes on bypass because they don't have a heart. When you take Correct. their heart out to put yeah. the new heart in, yeah. you have to keep the blood circulating. So you put them on um you know bypass a bypass machine so the blood is actually being pumped by a machine right this felt like a heart transplant Mm -hmm. metaphor as soon as i thought of that i was like well heart transplants are serious surgeries yeah and tom's there assisting not in a smock not yeah you're you're wearing your 
You were in your like, Starfleet what? uniform. It's I'm like in my Starfleet the doctor uniform. saw you walking past. Hey, Tom, come over here. And you're like, yeah, what? Can you assist? Sure. Yeah. You're right. And I guess the, yeah. the doctor is a hologram. He doesn't need all of that because he's not got organic biological you know, dangers. Mm-hmm. But Tom should have had it. You should have been, been, been in if, scrubs. Yeah. It, sh- it just didn't feel as um serious authentic yeah, or okay. serious as yeah. a heart transplant scene yeah. would be and that's yeah. basically what they're doing so but then again we do realize as the note is being rejected she goes through anaphylactic shock and the doctor ends simulation this is when the audience realizes this is not the real deal yeah. and maybe that's why you're not wearing scrubs because you're in the simulation and it's well, just you're trying to see spoiler this... alert later yeah. on we're going to do it for real and it's no different there's okay. no scrubs. There's nothing. So that's true. I felt it in the in yes in the simulation. I felt yeah. it, and then later on, okay, they don't fix it. So Janeway wants to run another simulation. Paris says they've run twelve already. Will the thirteenth mm-hmm. be lucky? Probably not. The doctor says that the salvage node has been inactive for too long, and Janeway says, "Guess what? We will find one that hasn't been yeah. inactive for too long." And yeah. now they leave sick bay, and they have this intense scene in the corridor the doctor says a note from a dead drone won't work no matter where you find it from and she says okay well we have infiltrated cubes before the doctor immediately understands what's going on he says you're suggesting ending one life to save another and that's when Janeway responds with I'm not giving up on her and then the doctor very aggressively grabs Janeway spins her around says neither Neither am I and he screams at her super aggressive and yes, so this is another. They're both really from... emotional here. Yes, I didn't understand why the doctor was quite so emotional, and I certainly didn't understand at this point why Janeway was so emotional. Well, and and no one has grabbed the captain like that ever, yeah. unless it was Chicote, possibly. But yeah, it was a little crazy, I think. But again, I will defend it by saying yeah. a lot of these scenes in this episode are so emotionally vapid because you've got Borgs talking to Borgs about n- non-feelings that I was grateful for some emotion. So, the, so this fed your soul. I was like, scene. You're like I, it you. makes no sense, but <laughs> okay. thank you. Even Kate's reaction. She was like, whoa, when he yeah. got grabbed, yeah. she was a little shocked too. It was all over the map this episode. It was just, yeah. it was either, it was either flat and lacking emotion or mm-hmm. melodramatic. Or way and too, too much. You know, it was, and again, you know, if yeah. your director is half one foot, in in a in a sick bed and the other foot trying to direct. This is the yeah. Maybe the that's. What, okay. I don't remember that. I remember him being like that before when he directed, but I don't know if this. I don't know for certain this was that episode, but okay. it feels like it could be yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. Go to sick bay. Yeah. Neelix is playing with his whiskers at the top, which I love. <laughs> um, we see a reflection shot of Seven in the game board yeah. playing Cottescott. Cottescott. I like the reflection shot. That was pretty cool. I like that too. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm glad you like something. I Just... did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Not a lot, but yeah. Okay. All right. Jamie um, and the doctor arrive yes. with the news that the salvage node failed in the simulations and mm-hmm. the doctor is researching alternative treatments and Harry and Bellana are going to try to repair the faulty node using components from Seven's alcove. And I love her response. They'll fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, there's no way. And she asks to return to duties. Seven wants to work. She doesn't want to stay in sick bay. And Janeway says, I have to defer to the doctor and the doctor definitely will not allow it. No. Nope. Seven's got to stay on that clamshell bed for as long as it takes. But the doctor says, I'll ask each of if he can bring your work here. Yes, yes, that's right. 
That's right. So this is where we go back to the hall. Each uh, arrives in sickbay. Another shot from behind the character. Yes, but before that, we have yet another exterior space shot of Voyager. So oh, we do. Then, yeah. Yes, and then each enters the empty sickbay. And, and again, this, we're behind him. So yes. I just kept seeing the same. Yeah, the same kind of shot. shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over and over again. Um, Seven's gone. There's no doctor around. Each of reactivates him. And the doctor yeah. is in the middle of a sentence, comes back like in the middle of an argument that he was yeah. having with seven. And we realized yeah. she deactivated him in the middle of them of, of an argument. <laughs> in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's because he you all you hear him say is forced to sedate you is all you hear him yeah. say. But then I started questioning, is that how it works? If you shut off the program. Doesn't it that the next time you turn it on, doesn't it reactivate where he's supposed to say, um, please state the please state the nature of the medical emergency? Doesn't he just go back to his, you know what I'm know. saying? Like it's just odd that it just I felt like it was a forced bit of a comedy, you know. Mm -hmm. They kind of felt like, oh, we'll just do this, like as if he was cut off in the middle of it. But I just yeah, feel maybe. like I feel like that flow chart doesn't really work that way. So. Yeah, another deduction for this episode. <laughs> Ichev asked the computer to locate Seven, and the computer says that she is in sickbay. Then we have a nice cool shot of a uh, out-of-focus doctor and out-of-focus Ichev, but a very in-focused combat of Seven mm -hmm. of Nine sitting but on is, top of one of the consoles. But again, is that how it works? The computer can only locate you if your combat is there? Yeah, shouldn't have located you according to your bio signature. Bios readings. Yeah, yes, 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 that's a yes. that's a bad computer. That's like <laughs> that's like oh, if I turn my cell phone off, you can't find me. Sure, in our world, but in Star Trek world, it <laughs> should be able a bad to computer. scan the halls and the places and tell what kind of life signs or bio signs are there. It just. Uh, it doesn't seem like we're still just tracking cell phones. Robbie, I don't think you or myself would have ever thought in a million years before filming this podcast that you would ever say that our computer was bad. That was a bad computer. That was a bad just, computer. Just bad, computer. <laughs> bad computer. Bad um, computer. We go to engineering. <laughs> we're upstairs. Yes. Torres is Torres. what? Harboring the fugitive formerly known as Annika Hansen. Yes. Right? Okay. Sorry. That's yeah. what I wrote as my descriptive. Um, yeah, Torres comes up the elevator, finds her, is like, there you are, uh, the doctor's looking for you, mm -hmm. but Torres basically says, I'm not going to give you up. I'm going to cover. Um, I'm going to cover, yeah. you know, I've I've wanted to escape the doctor from sickbay before myself, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, again, Torres is in the foreground pushing some buttons on a panel where Seven is standing behind her. We see the angle of that panel, Yeah. but Torres is pushing some buttons standing sideways with her back to Seven. Yeah. Talking and yeah. looking up at a monitor as if she's watching a monitor, right? Right. Well, when we cut around to the other angle and she's walking away, there was no monitor there. Oh, no. I felt like David just said, hi, hey, press some buttons and, and you look, know, up. look over here. Yeah. But, but which is fine if you want to do that, if you never show that there's no monitor. Yeah. But when you cut around to the reverse and you realize there's no monitor there, wow. it's just a forced piece of blocking for a shot that... I don't know. And That's Olympic like, judge Robert McNeil from Vancouver another takes another point one from the point another total deduction, of this uh, episode. Gone. Yes. All right. Yes. So, but still, I mean, it, mm -hmm. there's a there's a question from Seven to Torres if she believes in Stovacor, the uh, the idea of an afterlife for Klingons, and there there now ensues this deep 
existential conversation between Torres life after and, death. Yeah. yeah. And, and seven. And we learned that, you know, from seven, that the Borg have no concept of afterlife, that a drone is deactivated. And when that happens, the memories of that drone continue to reside in, in the collective the collective consciousness. Yeah. So as long as the hive is, is in existence. So as long as there are Borg, there will be part of that drone that still exists. The memories. So it's, yeah, yeah. They will remember hmm. the experience of that drone, which Correct. plays out later on. You yeah. Know, she talks about that yeah. later on, but yeah. here Torres says when she's asked about an afterlife, she says, well, that's a big question, but I hope basically she says, I hope so. Yeah. Didn't Balana go to the bards of the dead and like have yeah. this existential experience that there she is. Did. So why is she saying, I hope so? Why wouldn't she say, yes, I do believe it just, it doesn't yeah, track. It didn't in track the episodes we've done. Deduction. Yet another deduction. Okay. Deduction. I got it. Deduction. Um, uh, the doctor shows up and it's so funny looking at him in the lower level. Cause since they're in the upper level of engineering, he just looks at <laughs> To me, it looks like he is the same as he was in that one episode where he got shrunk down into like three inches. Yeah. So he just looked tiny. Yeah. Um, I did like when the doctor appears, he goes, oh, of course it was Bolana. Of course <laughs> it was Torres. And I was like, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah, that's She's, a girl. <laughs> She's a rebel. She's a rebel. Hiding out the, uh, the, uh, the fugitive. Yeah. Torres covers um, for seven. I did like, I did like that moment. And basically the doctor gives in. He says that she can stay for as long as she wants, as long as she wears a cortical monitor. Okay. So he tosses it 20 yes. feet through the air. He does. Because somebody wanted to stage it with the doctor downstairs and them upstairs. I have, it made no sense. You would okay. not toss. No. I wouldn't even throw my cell phone from down below. Fine. Up so another point deduction there. Deduction. But my point deduction, and I've been pretty positive about this episode throughout. My point deduction happens mm -hmm. basically when he walks in because he's holding a case which has the cortical monitor. He's trying to find her to bring her back to sick bay. Why but he's would he prepared. Bring that one? I, I guess yeah. he's prepared. I guess he thought about, oh, this is all the possible uh, outcomes, yeah. and I'm going to go ahead and take. But to me, I felt like oh, it's a little forced to me. So agreed. Cargo Bay 7 arrives to give each of the news that Janeway will administer the entrance exam for Starfleet Academy and that she has compiled a list of people to help him prepare because sure enough, when she passes on, if she can't make it, which she mm -hmm. thinks she's not going to make it, mm -hmm. that there's going to be um, a void there for people to help uh, Icheb mm -hmm. get prepared for this exam. She mentions Torres, Kim, and um, it ends in a little bit of an argument, you know, because uh, he's each of really emotional and he's basically saying that she's given up. And he yeah. says, you may have given up, but I haven't. And he storms out. He's just gone. Mm -hmm. He's angry. A couple of comments on. So she's made this list of people to help him with the Starfleet Academy mm -hmm. entrance exam. Torres mm -hmm. is very well versed in warp mechanics, she says. Yeah. And then she goes, Harry claims to have aced the quantum theory section. <laughs> yeah. I was like. Well, that's a backhanded that's a compliment. Dig. Yeah, that's it's a very dig. sarcastic. It's yeah, he claims he claims to it. have aced it. Yeah, but I don't really believe Harry. <laughs> and then Egypt says, "Well, I need you to help me in astrometrics," and she says, "Oh, Paris will help you." And he goes, "I would rather not. I'd rather <laughs> have you." I was like, "What's wrong with Paris helping you?" Like he insulted like you. Yeah, like, he like insulted Paris. me. Yeah, <laughs> I I did not like this scene. Deduction. No. Yeah, you're right. It's another deduction. Yes. Oh my god. Um, at the end, he says, "He says, well, you maybe you've given up, but I haven't. I given haven't. Up. 
Yeah. And he storms out towards the door. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's going to run into that door. They better open it. Open it. And then <gasps> at the last second, it opened. they opened the door. I was very impressed that he had that much trust because he was inches oh away God. from running into the door, and which we'll, we all did at some point. Right. Well, Tom's could have been eating uh, in an out burger at that exact moment. So uh-huh. he's very lucky. Yeah, it was a close day. call. Close, close call. Okay, we have a yet another exterior space shot of Voyager after mm-hmm. he storms out. And now we're in astrometrics where Icheb is analyzing something, which we later learn. Looks learned. like DNA. Are, or, yeah, yeah, it's just these are Seven's medical records and what's been going on with her. Mm-hmm. And um, he has this moment of like, you know, clarity where he's like, oh, yes. my gosh, this is it. I've got it by George. I've got it. And so he runs. To sickbay, and he basically barges in, telling the doctor he's got the explanation of how to solve the problem of mm-hmm. seven of nine, and he says that he will give his no to seven. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is like, absolutely not, because the doctor believes you give your note up, you die, is what's yeah. happening. And you know, each but he says, trying to convince I've done him, all no. this research. Yeah. I've researched this. I can and, survive. I'm yeah. younger. I have the ability to survive without the yeah. note. I know I could do this. Yeah, he and, says you told me I didn't. Uh, I came out of my maturation chamber early, so. Yes. I'm not as dependent on these Borg implants. Exactly. And I'm younger. Right. So the genetic resequencing will allow me to adapt. Right. And he does come up with the argument that uh, after doing all the numbers, it's an 86.9% chance that Seven's implants will adapt to his node. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's like, what? 86.9%? 86.9% is... Again, to the doctor, not a good enough um, percentage. Mm-hmm. But uh, for Echep, he's fine with it. He's good with it. Mm-hmm. We go back to astrometrics, and Seven is looking at like a slideshow. She's like Googling. Uh, she is. The Images Grand of Canyon. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. looking at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Janeway comes in, calls it a dusty hole in the ground or something. <laughs> she said, I prefer farm country. And Seven says, oh, yes, you're from Bloomington. Which is not dusty? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. You're from Bloomington. You've yeah. talked about it quite a few times, she yeah. says. So she brings um, up a picture of Bloomington, too. Yes. And yeah. and Janeway says, she'll take you there. You know, I'll take you there when we get back to Earth. Seven says, I've accepted that I am not going to make it back with you. Janeway says, no, you've still got a chance. And that Janeway says, if I had listened to the odds of us making it after we got lost in the Delta Quadrant, we'd be, you know, living on some M-class planet somewhere Right. Um, and I didn't settle for that. I didn't accept it. And now we're more than halfway home. And is this seven, when she brings up the list? She brings up a casualty list. She says, yes, maybe you'll make it home. But there's yeah. many who have died. She starts talking about the crew members who have died. Yeah. Rude, rude, rude. Yeah. <laughs> January's like, where, where are you taking this? What is your line of reasoning? What are you trying to, what's your point? Yeah. What is your point? And it's very, yeah, it comes off as rude. But she's basically trying to say that Janeway will have a more difficult time accepting her death compared to the deaths of these other crew members because Mm -hmm. Seven has not lived up to Janeway's expectations. And Janeway at that point is like, no, 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 no. She corrects her. She says, no, you have exceeded exceeded the expectations. And, and she gets teary-eyed. She starts yeah. to just, you know, tears starts to well up and everything. And um, and she says, I, if I'm upset, it's not because you didn't live up to my expectations. It's because I'm losing a friend. Yeah. And this is all this writing. I was just like, where did this come from? Are they? Yeah. I, it's 
I don't know. It's really unearned in my opinion all of this although kate did a great job at selling the words she was given the push-in was nice here from david it was was well done but Mm -hmm. i just didn't i didn't buy this story i just didn't buy it yeah so at this point the doctor hails them and he says he has information and Mm -hmm. now everybody's in the briefing room Mm -hmm. and now he's filling them in about what each has come up with and Mm -hmm. seven turns down the procedure she says essentially if there's any percentage chance that Egypt could be harmed. I'm not down for this plan. Yeah. And she says, I want to go back to sick bay. And the doctor escorts her out. Echeb is left there in the briefing room with Janeway. And she says, you're the captain. You can order her to do this. And Janeway says, no, that's it's her free will. She has to decide her on her own. I can't order her to do this. But there's a very frustrated Echeb in this scene. We're now in sick bay. And the doctor is helping Seven back onto the bio bed, the clamshell mm-hmm. bio bed. And Echeb now hails the doctor to report to the cargo bay. Mm-hmm. So now the doctor is thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? Seven's like, wow, he's persistent. And so the doctor leaves. And as he's leaving and he's walking down the corridor, he bumps into Janeway, who has also been hailed by Echeb separately to mm-hmm. head to the cargo bay. They don't know what's happening. They get there, the door's open, and they just have this look of shock on their face. Echeb is sort of draped over his his, his uh, alcove, and he's just not in good shape. He has basically disconnected his node. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's he's nodeless right now, mm-hmm. nodeless in Seattle. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's not in good shape. But the next shot, it's interesting because we start in sickbay, but we see Echeb, Janeway, and the doctor beam in. Correct? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they beam in. And Seven's like, what are you doing here? And this huge argument ensues between Egypt and Seven. Basically, at the very end of this argument, we have Janeway saying that um, he's not a kid. He's a man now. Mm -hmm. And his arguments are valid. Yeah, he is adapting, the doctor says. Not totally. Not all of his implants are adapting, but he is. And Egypt says, well, you can do this uh, this resequencing thing that I told you Mm -hmm. about earlier. So he says Mm -hmm. that. Um, The operation does ensue. We have a nice little, it's not a montage, but definitely it's just, you know, without dialogue. It's kind of a montage. It's the doctor. Paris is helping again. We have two beds. This is where we see the insert of Paris's hand with a wedding ring. (laughs) Did you catch that? Or did we catch that? You caught, caught that. It. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. This is where I felt like this definitely should have been like low lights and aprons yeah. and masks. Yeah. And, yeah. And he even takes the the old cortical or one of the cortical nodes out and he sets it like on a tray that looks like it's got a phaser and a tricorder and like tool. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, no, he just tosses it. He's, he tosses just drops it, it onto that tray. Exactly. It's just not Most, medically. No, legit, medically, you're going to have a separate little little bowl, steel, yes. metallic, stainless steel bowl that you drop that damaged one in, right? Yeah. Because it's also probably going to be toxic or whatever. So you're going to yeah. move it aside. But yes, yeah. you're right. The only thing different about this procedure is that there were new blankets those blankets, yes. on the, those are, I've never seen those blankets before. I guess those are the surgery blankets to make it look more so. serious yeah. and more professional. And so. they did have the two beds that were sort of angled, angled together. Angled yes, where their heads were next to each that other. That was yes. a little different. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we do this montage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long montage, which yeah. again, could have used a little more medical legitimacy. Sure. But we, uh, we transitioned to Cargo Bay and Seven Wakes Up. And the doctor and Janeway fill her in that it is working. The surgery went well. It's been six days. 
And just to, just to quickly pause you there, mm-hmm. and right before we go to the cargo bay, we have yet another exterior space shot of Voyager, this time flying away from us. Okay. Yes. Go ahead with seven. So many flybys. Um, but yeah, it's working. It's been six days. Six days. Uh, regeneration s- cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to sick bay now, and uh, Ichab is there, but he's recovering much slower. Yes. Than she is. So yes. seven, it worked pretty well for seven. She's back at it, but yep. each have is going to take a little longer. Yeah. The doctor does revive him and mm-hmm. uh he looks up and he says he sees seven. He's very pleased. Mm-hmm. He says, You've you've uh what was his term? He said, You've you've he didn't say you've healed, he said you've something. You yeah. anyway, he says you're better, basically. Yeah. And she says that um she's going to help him prepare for the astrometrics portion of the exam. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's moved, which then moves her. And now she's crying again. Yeah, she's now crying again. And he, and he says, like, your, your ocular implant is malfunctioning, malfunctioning yeah. again. And the doctor scans there's her a from glitch. behind. Yeah. yeah, he scans her. And he's and... like, oh, no, there's no glitch here. She's really mm-hmm. crying. So there you yeah. go. Seven finds emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. What's your thank lesson? God, thank God that episode's over. What's your lesson? <laughs> my my lesson, and it's a good lesson, is let others help you. Yes. Like let people help you. That was Seven's lesson. Is yeah. Um yeah, she didn't she didn't want help. And you know, I think each of talks about it when he's trying to argue for her to let him help. She, you know, he reminds her that everybody on Voyager helps each other when they can. And that's how this ship works, people helping each other. And he told her, you know, you would want to help if you saw other crew members in danger. Even if there was risks, you would want to help. So that's my lesson in this episode is, um, you know, is is, uh, taking care of each other. Mm -hmm. We should all take care of each other and we should all be open to letting people help us when we need it. So Mm -hmm. what about you? Um. Multiple lessons. So yes, allow other people to help. So in a line with your lesson, mm-hmm. don't try to do everything on your own. And that was mm-hmm. from Seven, not allowing anyone to help her. But it was also from Janeway in the beginning, trying to go on that away mission in the yeah. Delta Flyer on her own. Again, not allowing mm-hmm. anyone to help her. And my other lesson, lesson number two, is don't take things personally. In that line, mm-hmm. when the doctor says to Ichab, she's not angry at you. She's just angry. And I think this is something that I struggle with a lot because I'm a people pleaser. I want people to be happy around me. And when someone's angry, I typically think that they're angry or upset because of something that I did. But a lot of times yeah. it's not. It's about something it that happened in their day. It has do. nothing yeah. to do with you at all. And I think well, that's a wonderful lesson for people when they're interacting in public with other individuals. If someone's salty and saucy and sassy with you, you know, or angry or pissy, just remember something happened in their life that they're dealing mm-hmm. with. It's not you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. don't let yourself get all worked up about it. Yeah. Waste of energy really is. You got one person upset. You don't need a second person upset for no reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my third lesson is crying is nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And I say that because when I was growing up, a lot of times, um, if I was, I remember when I was seven, eight or nine years old, I would cry about something. And my mom was like, you know, boys don't cry. And that was something that wow. came out of some parents, you know, they mm-hmm. would believe that like boys should be, you know, non-crying mm-hmm. human beings, but mm-hmm. we're all filled with emotions. Those are real 
these are emotions real, yeah, and everybody should be no encouraged to yeah to feel what you to really embrace feel them, and not to be ashamed them. of it yeah. not be ashamed of anything you feel all right so i'm going to give my rating first because yeah, please <laughs> i know that yours is going to be really poopy so my rating for this episode is 7.9 are you insane i actually lowered it because of how mad you are about this oh my god (laughs) all right what's yours what's yours (laughs) i've be honest i've raised mine i know you raise it because you because you don't want to give it what you really feel and i know are you gonna would you have given this a zero would you have given this episode a zero no i never would give it a zero because there are things to like now give me your lowest give me your lowest three i give it a three okay fine Fine. I give this a three. Okay. So three and eight, the average between us is basically around five point something. So okay. let's see what that is. For... I don't have it written on a piece of paper this okay. time. All it right. is messaged to messaged? me. And yes, the average <laughs> rating for this episode is 7.3. Oh. So I'm way below it. You're so I'm a below. three. Oh my yeah, gosh. This is... I'm I'm way off. My but... original rating was 8.0. Wow. Actually. Yeah. 7.3. So, so most people like this episode pretty well. They did. They yeah. did. But man, you were super sleuthing this one. You caught so many things. I didn't even notice them. And you were just, it's so funny because every single thing that you saw, you became more and more just not happy with outraged. this episode. Outraged. Yes. <laughs> like you. Deduction, deduction, deduction. It's almost like you felt like you have just wasted a day <laughs> watching this episode and making notes on this. Like, why did I even wake up today to do not this? Good. Wow. Not good. Okay. And I'm sure, I'm sure part of my frustration is we're starting season seven. We had a big Borg two-parter. And the yeah. fact that they, I know they moved this up primarily because it's a Borg story and they think somehow that magically makes a better episode than other episodes. Yeah. I resent that. You're I think, an, that. I think Neelix can make a great episode of television yeah. as a character and he's, he doesn't have to do anything Borg and yeah. Harry can do the same and Tom yeah. or Balana or Tuvok, they can all do the same. So to mm-hmm. move this episode up in spite of the continuity errors, blatant continuity errors that are, exposed mm. and think that if it were a great episode i'd say sure do it but it's not it's not a great episode i don't think so anyway that's part of why my i'm fueled with frustration about it because they move this up for no other reason than it's just a borg episode and yeah. that's that doesn't make a good episode just simply because it, it talks about borg so that's my thoughts there. okay All yeah right. It's fine. But Thank the world sure. is not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, we don't all feel the same about Maybe that's people. another lesson yeah. from this episode. Overall, the world is not fair. The world okay. is not fair, and I don't make the rules, and my ratings don't really mean anything. So <laughs> I just hope you don't get too much hate mail. I know. Or hate emails. That's all right. Okay. I'm tough. All right, everyone. Thank, thank you for joining our recap and discussion of this episode imperfection which was definitely an imperfect episode for robert duncan mcneil and join us next week for hopefully an episode that robbie will actually smile about and i think he will because it is the episode drive 
which in my opinion some of the best uniforms in starfleet oh ever. those are those white uniforms yes oh, this I is like the episode. yes so I here like we those. go all right join us for that episode thank you everyone see you next week for the patreon patrons that are tuning in please stay tuned for your bonus material thanks everybody see ya